welcome back to the Renaissance Space podcast, a place for teachers, leaders, and anyone interested in education to hear a range of different voices discussing all manner of different topics associated with teaching and learning. My name is Margaret Allen, and I am your host, and I'm absolutely delighted this morning to be chatting to Matt Beaton. Thank you so much for joining us. Would you like to give us a little bit of an introduction? Who are you? Good morning. So I'm Matt Beaton. I'm a children's author, writer, ex-teacher. Um, basically, I write a lot of things. I write for The Literacy Shed. I write my own books. And I've written a book uh, for teachers, Write It, Level It, Teach It. Fantastic. So you've written it. So does that mean it's available? It comes out on July the 9th. It is released, um, as far as I'm aware, everywhere where you can buy books. Amazing. How exciting. And an online version as well? Yeah, there is a Kindle version. Um, I imagine there will be other ebook versions in other ebook stores. Um, but yeah, the Kindle version will be there as well. And I presume you didn't just wake up one day and think, oh, I'll write that book. Um, what, what sort of prompted the book? What, what, what started the journey of, of the writing of the book? <laughs> well, the, uh, the whole theory behind it is, the, is this idea of reading levels and the content that we put in front of children being the correct reading level for them um, and as part of what I do for the literacy shed uh, writing reading comprehensions for them it, w- it involved leveling texts looking at the reading level for them and I, I kind of just realized while I was teaching that actually we don't or certainly I didn't and a lot of teachers that I know don't use this technology that's out there for free to kind of level the texts in our classroom to kind of see actually are they at a reading level that is going to challenge the children or that isn't too difficult for the children um and so that kind of sparked my interest in it really to, to keep researching and, and then have a look and then during the first lockdown uh, march april kind of time 2020 i ran a workshop to a couple of hundred teachers just to kind of gauge interest see see what interest was out there see if it was just me or that, that wasn't doing this and everyone would kind of look at me like no obviously we're all doing that um but it, it you know it was re- there were a lot of teachers that were kind of interested um and realized actually you know what there is some value to this i think and in fact we we actually had a previous session didn't we where we talked exactly about an atos which is this yeah. analyzing piece of software which allows things to be leveled and with with what you consider to be pretty strong accuracy yeah, it, it is. And it takes into account so many different things. Like it kind of, it looks at the sentence structure, the sentence length, the word choice, all of those kind of things. Um, and I go into a lot more detail about that in the book, but it kind of, it, it just gives you that confidence that you, that you know that what you've actually written is going to be within that kind of reading level for those children. Obviously, writing children's books, I use those kind of systems a lot to make sure actually, you know what, the books that I'm writing are at an appropriate level it's quite easy sometimes especially when you're a teacher when you're writing to get carried away with so much vocabulary so much kind of grammar and all of these things that before you know it you're you're putting a year seven or eight text in front of a year three child and wondering why they're struggling to access it so um it's quite timely that we've just expected 10 and 11 year olds to read some text um, which they're allowed to keep to refer back to when they answer the questions and of course of course we're talking about sats which is not which have not been around for the last two years so there's probably all sorts of issues there as well but um, it's obviously a timely moment 
Yeah, I mean, my daughter's my oldest daughter's in year six, so she's just gone through it as well, which was interesting to see from a parent's point of view. Um, but I've, as part of the the research for the book, I've looked at all the last, I don't know what, so 2016, so what's that last five sats maybe, the last five or six sats um, for the key stage two. And the reading level has always been high. It's always been kind of averaging out at, at top end of year six, year seven. Some of them, if anyone remembers the pandas text, I think it was closer to year 10. Um, but this year's is actually slightly lower. So this year's averaged kind of upper year five, middle year six. Oh. But the language within it was far more um, contextual. So it was quite it, it was quite tricky language. Um, I know there was a lot of uproar online because it was quite, for want of a better term, middle class language within the text um, rather than a, a more tricky reading age. So it was interesting to analyse this year's. Obviously, I haven't had a look at the key stage one sats this year yet because they haven't been released to the public. No. And, and technical vocabulary, of course, is is key in any type of reading and writing with children and, and acquiring that vocabulary, being exposed to that vocabulary, understanding it, definitions, synonyms and all of that good stuff. Yeah. And uh, that's that's important because we can't or we can never kind of give a 100 percent accurate reading level for every child because so much of it is going to be context. If you've got a text about mention, talk about in the book, if you've got a, a text about dinosaurs, for instance, there is a lot of language in their paleontology, um, coprolite, all of this kind of language that a child who has been fascinated with dinosaurs since they were two or three years old will know that language because they've been exposed to it. Yes. But somebody who never has won't know that language. So their reading access for that text will be different. So you can never fully take into account those kind of things. And that that's not the point, really. It's just to give you that idea. And that's that's what the ATAR system does so well, is it gives you that baseline idea of, okay, this is this is kind of where it's going to be. And and actually um Renaissance uses ATOS to give this um level which is seen to be an appropriate level for children to consider reading 60% of the time. That's, that's basically the premise upon which it's, it's based. And good old ZPD, let's throw in an acronym. It's about time, really, isn't it? Yeah, the, the zone of proximal development, which, again, is, is key to learning, really. It's that, it's that zone where, if, you know, if it's too easy, they're going to be bored. They're going to switch off. They're not going to challenge themselves if it's too hard the same thing you will just switch off you know as an adult if something is too difficult to understand you just switch off and you scroll past or you move on you know if, if something's too too boring too easy so that what I like about the ATOS system is it doesn't say oh this is this text is appropriate for a year five child what it gives you is a breakdown by percentages so it will say you know 20 this fits within the top 25 centile of year five or this will fit within the top 50th centile so you know so you've got that range of it's not saying this is a silver bullet this is one child that will access this it is that range which is what we all know as teachers yeah is is how children are and then with that zpd with the zone of proximal development that's going to be broad yes. you know across your class you're going to have children at different levels accessing things at slightly different levels and and there is a range it's not yes. just a specific exact text so the book and 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 the ATOS system isn't about taking away that autonomy from teachers and saying it has to be done this one way um it's about showing you actually this is 
the reason this, you know, this is an idea. Look at this and bear it in mind amongst everything else that you kind of do as a brilliant teacher and, and just use that to help. Yeah. And I think that's really important. And, and also we don't want to compartmentalize children and reading is such a tough one on so many levels. You know, where do you start? What, what do they bring with them to the journey of reading? Um, when they even first come into school, um, and an understanding and cultural capital is something that's brandished about. I, I prefer to talk about literacy capital in a way, because to your point, if you've if you've been to a zoo, then you know what an elephant looks like. And actually reading a book on elephants then gives you the opportunity to to really bring that alive in your own mind, um, yeah. which must help. And, and, and even just just your your house, you know, if you live on a farm in the middle of an of a, of a kind of. Well, the opposite of her, I can't remember the word. But if you live on a farm, you might not know what it's like to hear the sounds of a city at night. If you live in the city and your school has no green space and it's just a play, and it's got playgrounds or concrete, you might not be able to contextually understand a story about an adventure on a farm or in the woods. So it's it's all of that life capital comes into reading and comes into comprehension rather than just decoding words. Yes. And also, of course, what we sometimes forget, and I certainly think people who aren't in education forget, is that what goes hand in hand with reading is writing. Um, because if children aren't able to read, then they're not going to be able to write. But actually, if they aren't speaking um, effectively or have language that they can use how can you expect them to articulate that with a pen in their hand or even a keyboard if if we want to go down that route yeah completely I mean I run writing workshops in schools called fighting writing workshops which are all about using the miniatures uh, games workshop miniatures those kind of things models and the whole point of that is about talking so we act out the battles we play these these little adventures with the figures and all the children are doing throughout that is just talking is talking the language to each other. And the message to them all the way through is talking is writing. If you can talk, you can write. If you can't talk, you can't write. So it's it's that's the whole point behind that. And, you know, if you, going back to, to this idea of the reading levels with the writing, if you're putting as a teacher a text in front of a child that is too hard, and then you're asking them to innovate or to change or to to create their own version if they can't understand the original text they're not going to be able to innovate all you're going to get is swapping the odd word you're not going to get that sentence level innovation that you're looking for because they haven't understood the first concept they haven't understood the first text so if like you said if they can't access the reading they're going to struggle with the writing and if they can't access the talking they're going to struggle with the writing and it's it's, it's that trifecta isn't it they all link into one another they're all as important as, as each other <laughs> completely and and i think one of the things that i've begun to realize very clearly from talking to different people is how the different subject areas certainly at secondary start to disassociate themselves almost from the whole language acquisition. And I don't mean that across the board before people start shouting and screaming. You know, writing and reading and writing is not the domain of the English department. Um, because if you're sitting a science paper or a history paper, you need to have the skills to access that information. 
You do. And it's very interesting. I obviously go into a lot of schools doing doing these writing workshops and I've been into quite a few secondary schools recently that are actually buying into now the um, accelerated reader scheme because they're realizing actually you know what that reading is dropping away. Um, but actually, I'm I'm going to get a lot of hate mail from this, but I'm actually one of the few, I think, teachers and ex-teachers that doesn't necessarily disagree with all of the grammar that they have to learn and things like the fronted verbals and things like that. And I know that's a very unpopular position, but actually I strongly believe our job as teachers or is to teach the English language. It's not to teach authors. They're not going to go on to be authors. They might go on to be science writers or architects or very, you know, they yes. need all of that structural non-fiction. <laughs> yeah. You know, non-fiction is a thing. We may not always like to, admit that but non-fiction is a thing and so it's about more than just writing creatively and about more than just the imagination which is obviously vital it's obviously important and they need to be exposed to all of this amazing vocabulary but actually there is more to it as well and I think like you say at high school tying in all of those things science history RE whatever is so important with the English and keeping those standards and keeping that kind of ethos of actually it matters is really important yes and and obviously always at the moment um I hear and I'm sure you do too is this this sort of challenge between the paper and the screen um or the book and the screen and I'm a real advocate of real books I I understand that digital books work and there's all sorts of advantages around digital um reading sharing whole class guided reading all of that good stuff and um, works much better on a big screen if you're trying to share it with everybody but the concept of children sitting with a book and the concept of children once they're reading still sitting with an adult with a book yeah. I think is often underestimated because parents perhaps don't realize I think so and I think parents are busier now as well yes. aren't they and it's easy for that to draw I mean I'm not always great at reading with my children and sitting there reading them they always see me reading mm-hmm. but sitting there and reading with them is something that I need to get better at and I think like you say with the digital device I think we you go back to that that idea of a silver bullet doesn't it there is no catch-all that's going to fix everything there needs to be paper books you know digital books have their purpose like you say sharing class sets sometimes if you're going on holiday it's easier to take a, a kindle than taking 30 paperbacks with yes. them. You know, there, are, yes. there are purposes but also there are purposes and places for hard physical copies of books um and it's just finding that balance really yes. i think and and you know i always used to to push things like comic books and graphic novels because i think it's reading it's it's accessing that 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 passion for reading i suppose that that love of it mm-hmm. you know if parents come in and say oh they'll only read comics they're not reading big massive novels it's fine yes they're reading they're they're you know i hated reading at primary school absolutely hated reading and it wasn't until i my dad gave me a, a graphic novel copy of the hobbit that i realized oh okay no i like reading I just don't like reading the stuff I had to read at primary school. So, it, you know, sometimes it's just finding your book, and I think that sometimes gets lost. That element of free choice has to be always at the heart. Um, and I know you mentioned Accelerated Reader. People talk about, you know, children being shoehorned into books they have to read. 
please, please, if you think that, talk to us because it's not about that. They are given this zone and they can choose from that zone um, level. It's not yeah. to say they can't read anything else. Um, we're What I think all teachers are striving for are children to be wanting to open a book and enjoy it and, and become passionate about reading. And um, I think you, I don't, you won't, yeah, and I think you won't get that by forcing them into certain sections. I, I, I think ironically, is in Shawshank Redemption, you know, it kind of says, you know, if you love something, you have to set it free, kind of thing. I think it's, it's the same with reading. If if you want them to love reading, you kind of almost have to step back and okay, go and read whatever you want, and we'll see. Well, you know, there's a difference I think between reading to learn how to read, and then reading because you fancy reading something yes. and that's okay. You know, that my, my daughter's school have two books. They have a book that they've chosen that's completely unbanded talking in kind of EYFS. Here. Yes. It's completely unbanded. Yes. And then they have a book that is at the appropriate band level for them to help them learn how to read. And I think that's a great way of approaching it. Yeah, completely. So great way of approaching it. How are you going to be approaching the next You've obviously got some time now if you've you've uh, you've got this book done. Or so, what 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 are your plans, Matt? What, what's what's the future hold for you? Uh, well, I've got more children's books that I'm writing. I've got a new series of choose your own um, kind of branching narratives coming out. Pick your path adventures that's coming out in July. Um, I'll be pushing this. The writer level teacher. I'm hoping to get now. We can finally get back into schools. They're starting to take off again. The workshops. Um, nice. I'm down in in. Um, Bognor Regis tomorrow as we record this I'll have been by the time this is released um so yeah starting to get back into schools which is good hoping to go into some schools and do some teacher training based on the book as well um and hopefully looking at some different um, I've kind of got an idea for another teach like kind of another teaching book based on branching narratives but I need to speak to some people about and see kind of if there's any interest well that sounds very exciting um fascinating I'm I'm um looking forward to getting a copy of the book and reading it for myself. I'm also looking forward to seeing how people respond to it because it is a bit of a new venture. Um, We're obviously thrilled. (laughs) Well, we're thrilled that ATOS has had such a, you know, an impact or or helped shape some of the elements. Um, I've often referred to ATOS as our best kept secret. Um, Thank you for your enthusiasm and your time and good luck. Thank you. And, and don't forget, buy the book when it comes out. You can pre-order. You can go and pre-order now as well. Don't have to wait till July the 9th. Well, you heard it here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget that you can catch up on all previous episodes at www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.